0: Welcome to Mindset for Medical Moms. I'm your host, Courtney Gibbon, fellow medical mom and life coach. I'm here to help you handle everything from doctor's appointments to surgery so you can feel confidence and peace as you navigate the ups and downs of medical motherhood. This podcast will share strategies and real life tools to strengthen your mindset and increase your emotional resilience. I'm so glad you're here. Let's go. Hello, beautiful medical moms. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we're going to talk about happiness. Where the heck does happiness come from? What is happiness and why do we talk about it so damn much? We're going to touch on these topics today. There's so much I want to say and I don't want to overwhelm you. So I'm just going to do a generalized topic of happiness is if you guys were all hanging out with me and we were just talking about what it really means to be happy. And I've thought a lot about this topic because I used to really, really believe that happiness came from outside of me. Happiness came from where I lived, how much money I made, what I looked like, um, what kind of car I had. I really felt like all these outside circumstances were the things that would create happiness for me. As a younger child, I always looked forward to milestones in my life because I believed that happiness was just out of reach, like just around the corner for me. If I could just get to 16... Then I could start driving and I'd finally have some freedom and more happiness in my life. And then I turned 16 and then I realized how expensive it was to get my license on my own. So I had to get a job and I started working and um, I ended up not getting my license until I was 18. And um, when I was turning 18, I thought, okay, I'm finally an adult. I'm going to go to college And I'm just going to be more happy. Like I just kept thinking that there was an amount of happiness that I was going to get that I could not feel now. And this, my friends, is not true. There is no more happiness than right now. There's not this like giant amount of happiness around the corner. There's just the happiness that we have now. And I believe we all kind of fall into this trap of chasing happiness. And so I wanted to have a conversation about it and give you guys some ideas to consider about your own happiness in your life. And so I wanted to define it from good old Google. And Google says that happiness is a feeling of pleasure or contentment or a secondary definition of having a sense of confidence or satisfaction with or in a person, an arrangement, or a situation. And so when I think about that, when I think about happiness being a feeling of pleasure, feeling or showing pleasure or contentment, or having a sense of confidence or satisfaction with a person, a situation, or an arrangement, they're basically describing just a multitude of emotions and we know that emotions come from your thoughts your thinking creates how you feel so your thinking creates pleasure your thinking your thoughts create contentment your thoughts create confidence your thoughts create satisfaction and so sometimes you're not going to be satisfied with an arrangement because sometimes your thoughts are accurate and really intelligent, right? Like you're not going to be happy with an arrangement if this arrangement is not okay with you. I like this definition. And so I just kind of combined it into my own, that happiness is a combination of feeling pleasure, contentment, and confidence with yourself, your relationships, and within the circumstances of your life. And I really like this idea of pleasure, contentment, satisfaction, confidence. Like these are all really great words that I feel like, yeah, I am most happy when I am feeling pleasure, when I'm content, when I'm satisfied and confident. And all of these emotions are created by our thinking, which means happiness is also an emotion created by your thinking. But this goes against everything we're taught as children. Not only as children are we taught that our circumstances create how we feel, but we're also taught that our happiness is often dependent on other people um, or how we behave. And if you were a child who was told like not to be sad or not cry too much, we were told that because we were rewarded when we were happy as children. We were told like, okay, be positive and be happy with what you've got. Like you just have to be happy with what you got. And the problem isn't that we shouldn't be happy. The problem is, is that this idea that happiness is better or the best emotion to feel. And I just disagree with this. I don't think that happiness is the ultimate prize, but it is prized by our society. And this is why we are often chasing happiness because we're we've been taught and conditioned from our families, our cultures, our religions, our places that we've lived, and the society that we live in, that being happy and being overtly positive inauthentically at some points, is the best way to live. Because I think what is really happening here is that we just want to be satisfied. We want to find pleasure. We want to feel safe. And that combination of emotions will create this sense of happiness. And we live in a world where that's not going to be happening all the time. It is impossible to, okay, technically, I think it could be possible to be happy 100% of the time, but I don't think that it's possible for most people, and I don't think it's appropriate for anyone. So even if it is possible, it doesn't make it the best option. I think this is often why we feel like we have to keep chasing happiness, because we are so shocked when something disappointing happens, when something happens that is frustrating or inconvenient or not a good arrangement, or a person in our life is continuously choosing things that are, are, make, are creating us to feel sad. Like when we are sad about someone else's circumstances, when we are upset that somebody else is choosing things that are harmful or um, wrong. And this is also why you might never feel fully satisfied. Because we are taught to believe that our circumstances in our life are supposed to fulfill us. And this, again, has happened to me so many in, times in my life. But it happened most, like, obviously with my marriage and with motherhood. Um, I think it's interesting to consider in your own life as well. Like, think about a time where you got to this huge milestone and you still felt a little disappointed. You were like, oh, I thought it would feel a little bit better than this or a little bit more. Like, I think for so long, I just felt slightly deflated about things. And when I was a newlywed, I totally thought that like, I was incredibly happy when I got married. But I was sold that the idea of loving somebody and being loved by someone was literally a happily ever after. And I didn't realize that I had felt this way, that I had absorbed that message so literally until I was married. And I got married very young, so this is obviously contributing to that. But I didn't realize that like, oh, this person who I adore isn't going to solve all my problems. And being loved by someone isn't going to be the end all and be all of all of the ups and downs of life. I really felt like marriage was going to save me from heartache and sadness because I was told from a very young age that that was how it worked, that your circumstances created your feelings. And I also felt this way with motherhood. I felt that I was taught that Motherhood was going to be the most fulfilling, most magical thing. And then I had children and I quickly realized how much work it was. No one talked about that part. Like how much physical labor it took to take care of children and how much emotional and mental labor it took to organize their day to day things. And it was not that marriage was disappointing, it was not that motherhood was disappointing. It was that I. Thought that they would create how I felt. I thought that they were going to make me happy. But that is the most difficult thing you can do for any relationship. If it's your children or your spouse or a friendship or an in-law, the amount of pressure that you can put on your relationships when you think that their job is to make you happy. It sets you up for failure. Because one, that's not how your emotions work. And two, you're the person, the people in our lives are all very imperfect, including yourself. So when you are working with imperfect people, and our brain demands perfection almost always, you set yourself up to be continuously unhappy even in the best of circumstances. Like, even when there's not that many things that you could really complain about, you're still going to find flaws because your brain is expecting you to be happy. And when you're not, you're like, what's the problem? The truth is that you have to teach your brain to feel multiple emotions. And that feeling multiple emotions is not a sign of something going wrong or something that you're missing out on. Feeling multiple emotions is actually a sign of emotional maturity. Being able to say, I am feeling both impatient and sad. I am feeling a bittersweet sensation of happiness and sorrow. I am feeling grief and gratitude. I am feeling hope and sadness. This is a huge quality that I think everyone needs to practice having the skill of. This quality, this ability to see multiple emotions as appropriate is emotional maturity. This is another quality of emotional responsibility. You have the ability to respond to your emotions and not believe that you're only allowed to feel one thing at a time. Happiness in our society is overly praised and put on a pedestal, and you are rewarded if you're happy. You are praised for being so positive, but it's often a shield because it's more complicated than that almost always. So when you feel something other than happiness, you might believe you're doing something wrong. And you might feel like being happy is the right thing to do. And so when you're not happy, your brain might go into panic mode. And this happens and pops up in our relationships. If you're going into a relationship or you are currently in a relationship with anyone, right? Romantic or platonic or familial if you have the belief in the back of your mind that they should be creating your feelings, you might not be thinking of it that way. You might be thinking of, well, my kids should know better, or my kids shouldn't stress me out this much, or my husband should have um known these things, or my wife really should know better. They should be helping me feel better. They should help me be happier. It puts so much pressure on them and the relationship you're in. And it puts a lot of uh, pressure on yourself because you just sit around waiting to be happy. And when your brain is in this panic mode, you are struggling because you're like, what do I do? How do I do that? How do I get them to make me happy? And you go outside of yourself to either micromanage your children micromanage your spouse. Try to control situations that are outside of your control. You might sit and spiral and overthink situations or overthink what they said or what they haven't said. And also you're probably avoiding a lot of uncomfortable conversations. You're avoiding the conversation where you're like, hey, I'm feeling unhappy and I'm not sure why and I would love to talk to you about it because this is a very vulnerable thing to do. And if you believe that the other person in your life is responsible for your happiness, that means they're also responsible for other things, your other emotions. And this is just not a healthy outlook to have on your self, your ownership of your responsibilities of your own emotions, and on the relationships in your life. Because no one else is responsible for your happiness. No one else is responsible for your feelings except you. And I say this in the most loving way. It's not that other people can't impact your feelings. It's not that you're only supposed to say, oh, they didn't make me mad or they didn't do this. I'm the one that made myself mad. Okay, technically, this is true. But our emotions are our guides. They are not to be feared of. They're just telling us information, but often they're telling us information that we interpret wrong, right? We look outwardly before we look inwardly, and that is where happiness comes from, is it's an inside job. It's going to sound cliche as hell, but it really is because our thoughts are creating how we feel. And before we look outside of ourselves, before we look at changing our circumstances, before we look at trying to change another person or beg them to do things differently or criticize people or tell our children to just stop doing that so I'm, you know, I feel better or whatever it is, we have to look at ourselves first. We have to look at what we're thinking, why we're thinking it, what we're making it mean, and is it something that we like that's happening in our brain? Because. In that panic mode, we're just trying to calm ourselves down. And this is where resentment can come in. This is where disappointment comes in. And that panic mode can be very stressful for you. Another thing that could happen if you are someone that feels like you have to be happy and when you're not happy, something is wrong, you will criticize yourself. You will start beating yourself up and judging yourself and telling yourself things like you can never be satisfied. Nothing's ever good enough for you. Why can't you just lower your expectations? Blah, 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 blah. Like those kinds of narratives, is, are, they are not encouraging. They are not kind. They are not helpful. None of those things are going to actually help you be more satisfied, be more grateful, change any expectations. So criticizing yourself is not going to give yourself any of the things you want. It will only perpetuate the things you don't want. So by pointing out that you're never satisfied, you're just going to find other ways where you're unsatisfied. In order to actually feel satisfied, you need to figure out what you're thinking first and why. Why are you not satisfied? Why do you want this person to do these things? Why do you feel like happiness is your only goal? Most of the time when I work with a client, one of the things they say is, I just want to be happy. And I know this is so appealing because most of us just want to be happy. But then we also feel like it's so much work. Like in order to be happy, this has to change. This person needs to do this. This has to happen. But it's that idea that your feelings and emotions are created from outside of yourself. But they're not. Emotions don't just like zap into your body from an outside source or from another person or a tree or the sky. Like your emotions are created within your, yourself, literally. Your emotions are not being transferred from another person. Your emotions are not being absorbed. You are the one creating your feelings from inside your brain. And so when you beat yourself up, it just perpetuates that you don't have control over your feelings, that you don't have the ability to respond to those feelings or do anything in a way that's proactive for yourself. So part of happiness is taking ownership of your happiness and really considering how your thinking is impacting your emotions. My favorite example of this is Disneyland, the happiest place on earth. That is their tagline. Honestly, Disney has done so many things right, right? They have an incredible product. There are a lot of things that Disney does well. So it's not obviously just their marketing, but the marketing is so phenomenal because they just tell you what they want you to believe about their product, specifically for Disneyland. Disneyland is filled with long lines, sometimes on very unfavorable weather days. It is expensive. It's a product that costs a lot of money. You have to invest in it. You have to save. Inside the parks are overpriced food and souvenirs. Also, there are lots of people where you wait in long lines and you spend a lot of time walking around, walking and waiting, spending a lot of money. Describing those activities outside of the context of Disneyland, you don't think of those things as like being the happiest place on earth. And yet we all love it. Okay, for the most of us, I love Disneyland. So <laughs> even as an adult, um, we flock to it. Millions of people flock there just to experience the long lines and the overpriced food and the souvenirs and the crowds because... Disney has taught you to believe a thought about their product, that it is the happiest place on earth. Every time I've gone to Disney, though, I feel a lot of emotions and I still have a great time. And I really believe that this is Disney's marketing because it does its job. It tells you what, you, what they want you to believe about the park, about the products. It tells you over and over that this place will make you happy. And even with all of the long lines, even with your boredom in line, even with your frustration when a ride gets shut down, even when you spend, you know, $25 on something that costs maybe $5 outside the park, you walk away satisfied and content and a little tired, but happy. The reality is that most things in life Are going to be a mixed bag. This is something I really want you to understand about happiness is that happiness is not the end goal. Like you're not trying to live your life so that you could just be happy. You're living a life and you're going through life and life is going through you and you are going to experience a multitude of emotions. You're not meant to only feel happiness. You're not meant to only feel one emotion. You are meant to feel multitudes of emotions. And what you believe about the situations that you're in is going to impact how you feel. You are meant to feel sad sometimes. You are meant to feel frustrated sometimes. You are meant to feel annoyed, frustrated, scared, sad, excited, fearful, grief. You're meant to feel all of it. So when someone comes to me and asks, like, or tells me that they want to be happy, and and I'm like, okay, so what are you feeling instead? And they're like, well, I'm just really sad. I'm like, why is that a problem? And the answer is usually because I'm not happy. And it's like, "But, but why? Why are you not happy? And do you even want to be happy right now? Is happiness the most appropriate emotion for the situation you're in right now? Maybe, maybe not. But it starts with what you're believing about yourself and about your emotions. And before we can even get into why you're feeling sad, I want you to get rid of the self-judgment that you should be feeling happy instead. Because this is holding you back from feeling happy, ironically. You're not going to feel happy when you're judging yourself for feeling sad. You're not going to feel happy if you're judging yourself for feeling grief. You're not going to feel happy when you're judging yourself at all. That is not a happy exercise to do. What will give you more satisfaction and pleasure is releasing that judgment and telling yourself nothing has gone wrong with what I'm feeling. I am allowed to feel tired. I'm allowed to feel unmotivated. I am allowed to feel anything that comes up in my body. It's not a sign that I'm flawed. It's not a sign that I've made a mistake. It's not a sign that something has gone wrong. Because you are allowed to feel a multitude of things. The reality is you don't actually want to feel happy all the time. You are the creator of happiness. You are the creator of your emotions. And I'm not, I'm not saying that all you have to do is think happy thoughts, so you'll be happy. But I think it's important to ask yourself how you want to feel in certain situations. And to be very honest with yourself. Because again, society, in our cultures, and our religions... And our backgrounds and our family dynamics have all impacted how we are viewing the world. And you have a string of beliefs that you may not be aware of. And one of those beliefs could be that you believe you're supposed to be happy. And being sad is, means something has gone wrong. So when you're in the hospital and your child just went through three blood draws because they couldn't find the right vein, and you felt very um not what's the word I'm looking for? You felt out of control because you couldn't do anything about it and you just had to hold your baby or your child down while they did that. And even though you know, right, we're not gonna get all caught up with the guilt because that is unnecessary. You don't have to feel guilty, you don't have to beat yourself up, but you're just sad. You're sad that you're in the hospital. You're sad that they had to be poked three times and you're cuddling in that hospital bed, even though there's hardly any room and you're watching Moana for the fourth time. You're allowed to be sad. You don't have to convince yourself that you should be happy. You don't have to convince yourself that it was, you should be grateful that it was only three instead of four times. You don't have to convince yourself that you should be, see the positives. You can, you also don't have to beat yourself up. You don't have to try to blame anyone. You don't have to blame yourself. You don't have to tell your child that it's, that they should be happy. You can just be sad and that's it. This is freedom, my friends. This is the freedom that comes when you pay attention to your thoughts. Because I can guarantee you, you're having a lot of thoughts about yourself and about your child, about their future, about their happiness, about your impact on their happiness and on why you are experiencing what you're experiencing. And there is no why. You just are allowed to feel sad. We can coach on why you feel sad. Maybe you feel sad because you believe they shouldn't be in the situation right now. That is a whole different topic. But if you are feeling sad on top of feeling judgment that you should be not sad, that is this topic today. And I want to give you permission right now to just let yourself feel sad. You don't want to feel happy all the time. Sometimes you want to feel sad. And I, I literally am sad on purpose sometimes because I just want to be sad. Because the reality is, the truth, the facts of life is that it's not only unsustainable to be happy all the time, but it is inappropriate to be happy all the time. And if you told me that you were just really happy that your child got poked three times, I would be a little bit concerned about why you were happy. Not because you're not allowed to be, but because I would believe that would be an inappropriate emotion. We want to match an appropriate emotion with the circumstance you're in. You don't have to be sad. You don't have to be upset, right? You could just feel content. You could feel at peace. You could feel satisfied. There's no judgment about what you'd feel. But I want to make sure that you're not trying to force yourself to be happy in a situation that you don't need to be happy in. So the next thing I want you to know about happiness is that it's abundant, Happiness is infinite. It is not going anywhere. Happiness is abundant. There is no running out of happiness. There is not just a little jar of happiness and you have to scoop it out a little bit at a time. You don't have to moderate happiness. You don't have to stretch happiness. You don't have to Hope that you can hold on to this little kernel of happiness because that's all you're going to get. I like to think of happiness as an infinity swimming pool. There's no end. You can't see any end. It's just like water falling over and there's no beginning. It's just like a gradual entrance into this big, amazing pool that feels so great when you enter it. Whether it's like a lukewarm temperature or a nice heated pool, whatever temperature is going to be really good for you. I want you to imagine that. Like you just get to dip yourself in there anytime you want. You can dive into the deep end. You can go gradually. You could dip a toe in. It's always there. It's not going anywhere. When we think of happiness as this scarce resource, we get really weird about it. We get really funky and controlling and manipulative because we're scared. We're scared that we're going to miss out on happiness that we deserve. And when we believe that there's a finite amount of happiness in life, you will be constantly making sure that you're searching for every kernel of happiness you can get. And then if something isn't happy, when you are in the hospital room, when you're in an emergency room, when you're at a doctor's office and you're not happy, you're going to feel like you're missing out on the happiness you could have had. And that thought is not a fact. It is a thought, my friends. And I point this out because these are the kind of observations that our brain makes that we just believe are, are factual. And... You don't have to chase happiness. You don't have to go searching for happiness because it's always there. It's all around you. It's infinite and abundant. There's no outside source. It's just there. You can dive into it anytime you want it. This chase of happiness keeps you chasing forever because you'll be waiting for things to be just right. experience happiness. You're like, I can't be fully happy or fully satisfied or fully content because things are just not that perfect. There's still laundry to be folded and a dentist appointment and summer activities. And it's like, maybe I'll be happy when I have like a perfectly smooth day. Maybe I'll be happy when I get out of the hospital and I can recover Maybe we can be happy when all of our school loans are paid. Maybe that's when I'll be happy. I'll be happy when fill in the blank. This will keep you perpetually unhappy because you believe you can only be happy when things are perfect or just right or exactly the way you imagined it. And the problem is, is that nothing is ever perfect in life. Literally nothing. Nothing. Perfection doesn't exist. It's literally not real. So when we use the word perfect, I don't believe anything is actually perfect in the literal sense. Subjectively, I believe my kids are perfect, right? Like I believe cheese in all all ways is perfect. But that is a subjective observation of mine. That's an opinion of mine, right? A thought that I like to think. My kids are extraordinarily perfect, even when they're crazy. But My kids are not perfect. I'm not perfect. Life is not perfect. And nothing is going to ever be fully whole and perfect. And every situation in my life has been mixed of different emotions. Every situation that I've ever experienced is a mixed bag. And so, and I'm just saying, like the circumstance itself, even really fantastic circumstances. Have some disappointing parts, have some weird parts, have some exhausting parts. Like every favorite vacation I've had was a mixed bag where we experienced a lot of random stuff. When I think about my favorite vacation, it was the first time I ever went international to Australia. And we went over Christmas and New Year's. And that was our present to our, our kids. We didn't get them anything else except this trip. And I got sick on this trip. My daughter like sprained her elbow. We thought it was broken. Zola fell backwards and hit her head. Like it was like, there was chaos. (laughs) A lot of like, I hit my foot really bad and got a huge bruise on it. And it was like really sore for a long time, like months and months afterwards. And yet when I think about that trip, it was amazing. Like I just feel like none of those things could derail me because I was just so happy because of all the things I was thinking about it. I was thinking on purpose that that trip was amazing, that I had so much fun, that experiencing a new culture and a new place was so fun and it was the adventure of it. And part of that happiness is that I knew that those circumstances didn't have to make the vacation mean that it was bad. And so when you're thinking of this, there's going to be situations where you feel a multitude of things. And this is going to help you not feel like you're missing out. Like you can feel sadness and still know that happiness is right there for you to dip your toe in, dive into the deep end anytime you want. Your happiness is not going anywhere. It's always there for you to come back to. Um, I recently went to California for a weekend to help a family member through um, a tough time. And we were very sad. This family member and I. We cried. And we laughed. We were very silly and tired. I was really happy the whole weekend. Even though the circumstances that brought me there were not happy. Happiness doesn't come from getting everything you want. Or things going perfectly. Happiness comes from how you are going to interpret the circumstances you're in. It comes from what you make things mean about your life and about your future and about your worth and your value and your ability to feel happy. Because if you feel like a circumstance in your life is preventing you from being happy, you're, you're going to be thinking that thought. This is stopping me from being happy. This issue is going to prevent future happiness. That is a thought, my friends that is a belief that is only one option amongst many beliefs you could have about your future and the amount of happiness you can experience and this is what i mean by by i want you to think of happiness as this infinity swimming pool that it's abundant that there is no shortage of happiness around you because there is this idea that if you don't feel happy in the moment you're missing out on that happiness so if I'm sad and crying with my family member. There is a layer of judgment behind that. For example, this didn't happen to me, but I've had it happen to me in the past. You can relate to this. If you've been in a situation and you're unexpectedly sad, and then in the back of your mind, you're like, oh shit, I want to not be sad. There's this resistance to your emotion that you're feeling because part of you believes you shouldn't be feeling this way. There is this thing inside of you, this belief that you are missing out on the happiness you could have been feeling in that moment had this thing not happened. There is this subconscious belief that if you don't feel happy and you are feeling disappointed instead, there is a secondary layer of disappointment, this loss, because you're not just feeling sad, but you're now feeling loss of happiness. So there's two different feelings going on there. And there is this, so you're not only upset because of the disappointment, but you're also upset because you're losing out on that happiness that you should have been experiencing. And this is where like a sense of entitlement comes in, that you are supposed to feel happy all the time, that you should not feel bad, that you shouldn't ever feel disappointed. And when you do feel disappointed, something is wrong, someone should be at blame. And it's someone's fault, right? We, especially in relationships, if someone says something rude or snappy, all of a sudden we're mad at them. But I think a lot of it comes down to not just being mad at what they said, but also mad that we are now not feeling something positive. There is a, a secondary loss behind that happiness. But if we take a step back and think of happiness as an unlimited resource, that happiness is there anytime we want it, anytime we need it. I think that we would let go of that secondary loss. I think we wouldn't be so quick to try to blame other people, try to get back at them or retaliate or say something snappy back. We would be able to understand that we are allowed to feel upset without it meaning anything about our future ability to feel happiness and that we're not missing out on anything because as soon as we want to feel happy again it's there for us it's always available and i think about when when we're upset at someone if someone says something rude to me i kind of want to be offended like i'm i know and that's a choice i'm not always offended I'm not always trying to go through that emotional roller coaster or do that mental labor, but sometimes I choose to be offended because I don't want to be desensitized to rude remarks or passive aggressive comments or just mean things people say. I'm not going to be desensitized to my own protection. I want to know, yeah, that's offensive. And what do I want to do about it? This is a really great way to consider what you want to do in situations when you're unhappy and you want to be unhappy. If there's a relationship that you're unhappy in and you're like, yeah, I'm just not satisfied with how they're treating me. This is not a sign that you should be happy. Maybe you shouldn't be happy so that your body and your brain can connect and be like, how do I want to respond to this? How do I want to respond to the situation or this person? If you feel upset right now, if you feel disappointed or sad, this is not a sign that all happiness is gone for you. It is simply you experiencing a different emotion. You're not losing out if you're feeling disappointed right now. You're not losing your ability to feel happiness. I really want you guys to know that. The next thing about happiness is that if you're not happy, it might be because you don't want to be happy. And there's nothing wrong with this. You don't have to be happy all the time. And I know I've already kind of said this, but I just want to reiterate it one more time, is that you are allowed to feel in a range of different feelings all throughout your day. And if you wake up in a good mood and all of a sudden you're not in a good mood later, you have the ability to change that if you want to. But you don't always have to. You don't have to be happy all the time. You don't owe anyone a good mood. You don't owe anyone happiness. Maybe you want to be in a good mood for yourself. Maybe because when you're in a good mood, things go smoother. You feel happier. Your day goes better. But maybe all of the times you're beating yourself up trying to convince yourself that you should be happier is doing more harm than good. It's making yourself resentful of yourself, of other people, of the messes in your house. It's definitely increasing your overwhelm and making you snappy. Those things are not going to bring you happiness. So sometimes the best and fastest way to feel happy is to allow yourself to feel sad or irritated. And I'm not saying, when when I say this, when I say let yourself feel these things, this is not me saying go off the handle, break shit, and like scream at everyone. Sometimes you will because we just make mistakes. Maybe not break things, but you know what I mean. I'm saying that you don't have to be perfect because you never will be perfect. So we're just going to let that go. But I'm also saying that when I say feel an emotion, it doesn't mean just react reactively. Like it doesn't mean you just are like stomping around and creating chaos. What I'm saying is that you allow yourself to feel it and you own that. You just own your emotion and you're like, yeah, I'm feeling really pissed off right now. Right? And then you find those ways to allow yourself to feel those feelings. You don't try to change your feeling really quickly. You don't try to convince yourself you're bad for feeling this way. You don't beat yourself up and tell yourself you should be happy. You just let yourself feel sad. And how you react to it is up to you. Sometimes the best way to react to it is just letting yourself feel it while you do the dishes. Or sometimes you just are like, I really don't want to do all this laundry. That's how I felt the other day. Very irritable about my laundry situation. And guess what? I still did my laundry. Did you know you can feel irritable and still do the thing that you don't like? You can not like something and still do it. I try to tell my kids this all the time. I'm like, you don't have to like to clean your room. You're just to clean it. I don't like scrubbing toilets really, but I still do it. You don't have to feel positive about things. You don't have to feel happy about things to still do the thing. And that's the thing about this happiness thing is that you might not want to be happy all the time, even for the most mundane things. You don't have to have a good attitude about putting your clothes away. You could just put your clothes away and not beat yourself up for it. You don't have to see the positivity in everything. You don't have to see the positivity in sweating while you mop your floors, which is what I'm about to do after this podcast. Like you can just do it and feel it that is a gift my friends it is a gift to understand your brain so well that you can allow yourself to feel all the feelings and get stuff done and do you know what happened yesterday this is the most best example of this i had all this laundry to put away and i didn't want to do it it took me 2 days to get all my kids laundry done and now then mine and Guess what? Today when I walked into my office and did not see that pile of laundry, I was so happy. I was so happy that my past self was irritated while she did the laundry. You don't have to be happy to do things. You can just do them and reap the benefits. And I guarantee you the benefits of doing the things you don't want to do because you think you should be happy while doing them. Those benefits are going to make you happy. The reward of doing things Uh, negatively, not positively, is that you get to feel happy later. And I am beaming this morning. I walked into my office and I was like, yes, all those stinking clothes are put away. And then I saw the laundry basket that needed to be washed. And I was like, okay, well, the cycle continues, right? Never ends. However, I was so happy this morning. I still am happy because I did my freaking laundry yesterday and I didn't do it with a positive attitude. I just listened to my audiobook, and every time my brain tried to be like, this sucks, this is so stupid, I just said, I know, and we're gonna do it anyway. The other side of this is that you don't have to save your happiness. I think I see this in a lot of medical moms where they feel like they have to hold back their happiness when something positive happens in their life or in their or in their children's life. When something happens you go on vacation or you get a raise or when your child gets good news or when you find stability or even if you're just in the hospital for a while and you have found a routine and you're just every day going to the hospital and coming home and maybe you found some contentment or some satisfaction in some things that are happening to you and you feel like you can't be happy just yet. Like you are the one telling yourself. Just wait to be that much happy. Like, I don't think we should be that happy just yet. You don't have to postpone your happiness. You don't have to hoard your happiness away because you think you're not supposed to be too happy. Sometimes we prevent our own happiness because we think we should be sad. We think, oh, if we're in the hospital, we have to be sad. Well, we just had a doctor's appointment and we have to be sad on doctor appointment days because that's what we're supposed to do, right? This is sometimes a sneaky little thought that when we're in the hospital, we just have to be sad or when we are in a doctor's office, we have to be sad. You are not going to be punished for being happy. Nothing bad is happening because you're happy. Bad things happen if you're feeling sad or frustrated or resentful. Bad things happen that have nothing to do with how you feel. You're not protecting yourself from disappointment or any other emotion by avoiding happiness. You are allowed to be happy for no reason. You are allowed to be happy for a small reason, for a silly reason. You don't have to justify your happiness. You can just be happy. You don't have to wait to be happy until everything is just right or perfect. You can just let yourself be happy because you want to be happy. So when you want to be happy, I want you to give yourself the opportunity to explore that for yourself. Because the last thing I want you to know about happiness is that it really does come down to a choice. For so much of my life, I believed that happiness was right around the corner and then I'd turn that corner and then happiness was running down the next corner and around and around we'd go. It reminded me of that comic, the, um, oh, this is so old. It's the thieves, the black and white thieves, um, and the newspaper. And it was like, they had like a white hat and a white bin, um, mask on and white coat and white boots and they were all very pointy and sharp I'm totally forgetting what they were called and then there was like the uh, other guy in a black hat and a black suit thing and black boots and they just chase each other around and around and around I think it was a little bit more complicated than that now that I'm thinking about it but that's how it felt like I'm just literally chasing myself around and around and around every corner and not realizing that I could just put a stop to it and feel happy if I wanted to I don't have to wait for things to be perfect. I don't have to wait for any milestone to allow myself to be really content with my life. I don't have to chase any future goals to make me happier because those goals are not going to make me happier. Your ability to feel happy is is limited to the amount of happiness you allow yourself to feel right now. That is how much happiness you are allowed to feel. And it's up to you to decide if you want to feel happy, it's available to you. You can choose happiness. And remember, that definition can change, right? It's not just feeling happy and positive, but it's maybe just focusing on what brings you pleasure. What are some things that you think that create pleasure? Or what are the things you enjoy that are easy for you to have thoughts around that are pleasurable? What about contentment? What does contentment feel like in your body? And how do you feel content in your life? What comes up for you when you think about being content? We stop chasing. We stop running for this pursuit of happiness and we allow it to grow within ourselves. And this will create more happiness, more capacity to feel happy. You can choose to be content in your current circumstances. You can choose to find pleasure in your everyday life. You can choose to be confident in the choices you're making, which will all create variations of happiness. And these all boil down to what you're thinking and what you're believing about yourself and about your future. What are you making it mean is one of my very favorite questions. I ask all my clients this. And it never fails to uncover the beliefs you're thinking about yourself and about your spouse and about your kids. What are you making it mean? Be honest when you answer this question. Another tough love question is How are you preventing your own happiness right now? How are you preventing yourself from enjoying your life? How are you hoarding happiness? Are you telling yourself you're not allowed to feel happy just yet because things aren't just quite right? How are you preventing happiness in your life? Take a good long look at the areas that you want to be happier in and you're confused. Happiness doesn't just happen to you. Happiness isn't just going to zap you when you're walking down the street. It is created and you can find joy and pleasure in any circumstance. And when I say this, I don't mean that you have to, that you should be happy while you're waiting for your child to have surgery. I'm saying that it is there for you anytime you want it. You can just take a dip in that infinity pool. One way to find out what is stopping you is by asking yourself questions about what should change in order to make you feel happy. This is always a fun exercise in the most like self-awareness way. You're like, oh, okay. I didn't realize I was thinking all of that. And this happens to me too, you guys. It's not like I'm like perfectly content and happy all the time in my my life. I know some of you are thinking like, wow, she just must be so happy all the time. And you guys are going to use that because you're thinking that this podcast is about being happy, but this podcast is about being All of it is allowing yourself to feel all of it and taking ownership of those emotions. But I do these exercises too with you. I do these exercises regularly because I have a human brain. So here are some things you can fill in the blank. Like this is like, I would be happier if this changed. What is that? That blank, fill in that blank. What would need a change in your life right now for you to be happier? I would be happier if my partner didn't do blank. I would be happier if my partner did this. I would be happier if my child was fill in the blank. I would be happier if my child's doctor said fill in the blank. I would be happy if I could blankety blank. I want you to notice what you can and can't control in these fill in the blanks. And I kind of set you up by offering these ones, but these are like the most common things I see in clients and online is that it's all about other people doing things differently. The other person needs to do something differently so I feel better. My child needs to do this differently so I feel better. My chi- if my child could speak or eat by mouth, I'd feel better. I'd be happier if there was no G-tube. I'd be happier if we could avoid a calf. I'd be happier if my spouse knew all the scientific jargon in the doctor's offices. I would be happier if my my child's doctor said that they were totally fine for 12 months, right? Like, then you take all of these answers and you ask yourself, What am I making it mean if my child's doctor said those words to me? It would mean, that I could blank what? It would mean I would feel what? Essentially, you're able to look at what your brain would give yourself permission to feel. Because if your doctor said certain words, and you asked yourself, what would it mean? It would mean... And then it's it going to give you a thought. Your brain's going to give you a thought. And that thought is the one that's going to create how you feel. So maybe you think, yeah, if my child's, if my child's doctor said I didn't have to come back for 12 months, I would, I would believe that things were okay. That things were going, that they were going to be okay. And when you think things are going to be okay, what do you feel? Contentment. Satisfaction happiness. So what if you have three month appointments for the next year and you still allow yourself to believe that things are going to be okay or that you can still feel contentment and happiness with three month appointments? These things do not have to change for you to create those things in your life. If they do have to change, if your doctor does have to say specific words, if your partner does have to know certain things or do certain things, and I'm not talking about not having expectations, I'm just saying like all of these things that you're waiting and preventing from you feeling happiness is all tied down to another person changing or doing things. It's tied down to specific words being said, tied down to people changing in the exact way you want. This is the stuff that isn't in your control. And that means you'll be waiting a very, very long time before you get to feel happiness, if ever, because it's all set upon another person changing. And we all know from experience that change happens slowly. Change is not an overnight thing. It's built day by day, a few minutes here, a few minutes there. So instead of placing your happiness on the circumstances in your life, I want you to take ownership of yourself and your own happiness and own when you're happy and give yourself permission and freedom to feel that happiness and own it when you're not happy and give yourself permission to feel that too. All right, my friends, I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. The episode is over, but there's so much more you can get from our Facebook group. Come to the Mindset for Medical Moms Facebook group community at the link in the show notes and discuss all the things about the podcast. Also, you can get coached for free. Come and ask me questions and connect with fellow medical moms. I hope to see you there. Thank you so much.